Welcome to the podcast. I hope everyone has had a wonderful holiday season and I wish you a happy new year. This episode of the podcast is all about the new year from what to expect in space in 2019 to what growth I've seen myself and in the podcast since we started as well as where I see the podcast focusing in 2019 as well as where I see the space industry moving and where the momentum is in space. I want to thank everyone who subscribes, likes our videos, and anyone who shares the podcast with friends and family. Thank you. I can't believe how much the podcast has grown, and in 2018, we had two major accomplishments. We won first place for independent podcasting in the country by the Alliance of Community Media, and we recently won second place regionally with the Alliance of Community Media in the Northeast, including New York, in the category of science, health, and spirituality. There's more to come in 2019. Thank you for listening on Apple Podcasts and watching on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Before we start, I want to tell you about the latest book I'm listening to on Audible. It's called Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Both authors were Navy SEALs that have taken their leadership strategies and applied them to business. This book is exciting to read, and for those looking for straightforward logic to leadership, look no further. If you're serious about discipline and being a better leader, make sure to check out this audiobook. You can get it for free by going to audibletrial.com slash todayinspace and start your free month trial on us. I use audiobooks pretty much every day in my rotation from all my time spent in traffic. Instead of getting upset that we live in a 3D world with 2D traffic, take that time to level up and learn something new. If you're looking for knowledge, there's plenty in extreme ownership. Get your free copy and start your free Audible trial at audibletrial.com slash todayinspace. That's audibletrial.com slash todayinspace. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Today in Space. I am your science communicator, Alex G. Orfanos, as always. And it's been a little while since uh, we've had a podcast come out. A lot of things are going on, as I'm sure they're going on in your life. Uh, My life has gone from working for myself to entering the engineering world and having a career as an engineer again, which which has been amazing and it's been it's been crazy to think about all of those things in context. And that's a lot of the a lot of my extra time that I've been spending has really been writing about about where I've come over the last four years of doing this podcast. And this podcast has been a huge, huge influence on my life. And with 2019, we're entering the fifth year that I've been podcasting and communicating science to the internet to 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 people out there. So I've been doing a lot of thinking on where I've come, uh, taking the scientific mindset and 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 forging that sword of logic and doing that for four years. I've I've grown tremendously. I've evolved tremendously as a person, and I want to focus now with my engineering career, doing what is doing, which. The compare what I've done, you know, doing this podcast, communicating science, and really thinking about how you're saying and and communicating scientific co- content. Then the 3D printing service with AG3D, where I've been helping customers bring their ideas into reality by 3D printing and designing 
prototype so that they can then run with their idea and, and develop it faster than they've ever been able to do it before. To think that those two things now combine perfectly in my new job is insane. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of accomplishment that comes with that during the day. And, and I'm really grateful for that. And I have this podcast to thank and all of, all of you out there for, for giving feedback, for listening, for subscribing, for liking the videos on YouTube, for sharing them. All of that has gone towards my development here, and, and I appreciate that. And in this next year, with, with me having to really focus on, on my time and my efforts to get this show out, it's, it's a new era for me. And what I want to do with this next year in 2019 is focus on what's going on in 2019. What is this year? And I'm really going to focus, at least this year, on what is the show trying to communicate? What kind of content are we going to release to the public that is not just the same old thing. You know, we we did try doing a bit of orbital news, you know, news trying to catch the stories as they're coming out so we can catch the wave of people paying attention to space because, unfortunately, a lot of the media and people paying attention to space is it's mostly disasters when bad things go wrong, like the Soyuz ballistic abort that happened. You know, while I was working on that episode, it... it took so many times for me to redo that episode because new information would come out and we'd have to adjust. There are f- full organizations of people dedicated to that kind of thing. And it's not that we won't do that here, but I think my time is better spent focusing on talking about what's going on and diving deeper than most of these stories are just giving you info. We're going to dive deeper into that stuff. So that's what our fifth year in 2019 is going to be. So let's go over what is actually happening in 2019. So the beginning of the year, New Horizons, the same New Horizons that passed by Pluto is going further into the Kuiper Belt. It's going 4 billion miles from the sun to the object Ultima Thule, which is a contact binary object that what, what that means is that the it seems from when they observed it pass in front of the sun they looked at the shape and they tried to decide what it looks like it looks like there are two bodies that fused together through some impact or or something like that and new horizons which did a tremendous job of photographing pluto is actually going to take us to Ultima Thule and show us yet another Kuiper Belt object in the Kuiper Belt in the deep dark of the third zone of our solar system. So we have all of that to look forward to on New Year's. So New Year's Eve, this is when this is happening. OSIRIS-REx just recently arrived at the asteroid Bennu. And asteroid Bennu, the reason that's very important is because it's one of those early objects in our solar system that's really been untouched. It's just been in orbit, hasn't impacted anything. And and what's on the surface, what is on that asteroid that OSIRIS-REx will capture and then return to Earth is the ingredients of the early stages of our solar system. So we are going to find out what the makeup is, what was there, what, what was present in those early rocks of stellar matter. We're going to find out what that is. So then we can take that and apply that and look towards the future. It could bring us another step closer towards finding life. 
Then there's also Hayabusa 2, which has gone to the asteroid Ryugu, which is doing another sample return mission. It's going to actually return it back, and it actually relates to Japanese folklore. From what I understand the folk story, there was a fisherman who found a sea turtle, freed the sea turtle, and that sea turtle then brought him to Ryugu, which is the under the dragon palace under the water. And while the fisherman was there, he was given a gift. And when he returned to the surface, what seemed like not that long that he was in the dragon palace... Hundreds of years had passed by, and it wasn't until he opened the box. He was told not to. He opened the box and then became an old man instantly and died. But (laughs) that's not going to be the same box that's going to return. It's going to be sample from the asteroid Ryugu that's going to tell us more about what's there. Then recently, we just had the InSight mission land on Mars, and that's going to tell us even more and, and give us, ready for this? Insight into this that particular place in Mars, more answers towards was there life possible? Is there still life possible there? We're going to get more info for that from Insight. And that was a big, big moment online, definitely. And even as, as we talk about here all the time, talking to people in real life, people were really excited about the Mars landing mission. And Mars has kind of become this really popular space thing. People are really into exploration and that's a lot of what we're going into but 2019 is the year of america returning to human space flight for the first time since the space shuttle was retired in 2011 so from 2011 to now 2019 we finally have two companies american companies that are developing commercial crew spacecraft that are going to bring American astronauts, launch aboard American rockets, and and launch from American soil because we've been using the Soyuz with the Russians because it's the only capable system to launch humans to the International Space Station. And what Boeing is doing with the CST-100 Starliner, their first big thing you'll see in 2019 is a 30-day robotic mission. So the CST-100 is going to launch, and then it's going to by itself, no humans. It's going to test a bunch of things, make sure everything is ready. This is a a testing ground before they ever send humans up there. And then we should see a crewed flight by the end of the year that could get pushed off, but that's what to expect from Boeing. On the other side of the coin, the commercial crew, you have SpaceX and Dragon 2. And what Dragon is going to test first very soon actually from when this episode is being released they're going to test the first test flight unmanned test flight of dragon 2 they're also going to be testing the emergency abort system just like you saw with the soyuz ballistic abort recently to make sure that if there is a problem the crew can get away and those draco missiles from the dragon capsule will will push it away we've seen one test of of a grounded flight do that and we should see the first manned flight and the first potential is if the, the schedule holds up, first commercial crew mission officially from SpaceX this year. And on the human space flight recently, you had Virgin Galactic. They just had their first flight of Spaceship Two actually went to orbit and went to the edge of space. And they finally made it to that human space flight level. Within six months, Richard Branson has already said he wants to be up there testing it. It's his company probably going to happen and he's been known for all of all of the uh pr stunts that he's he's ever done he's been in them whether it was the the air balloon so many of these he's done himself i expect within the next six months we'll we'll see him up there everything's been looking good their tests have gone well they they did lose someone in the test flight stage early a few years back 
but they've come a long way since then. And on the other side of things, we've got Blue Origin. Blue Origin, Jeff Bezos has already said they expect within 2019 to have their first human human crewed flight. And their systems have tested repeatedly. Their rockets have, have launched and landed safely. There was an emergency abort system that also tested well. And their system's really built around sending humans to space. It's not set up to send multiple things, where SpaceX is set up as a business to launch payloads for customers and, and really push how far we can go into space. But by doing that, they they have a different size rocket. So Blue Origin is really based around just sending humans into space. And there's a lot smaller spacecraft, different class, really. But it's going to be interesting to see all of that. Those four different companies doing human space flight and NASA finally returning to sending humans into space and us sending them to the International Space Station, keeping that going as long as we have it in orbit and as long as we can as we develop to the next stage of going to the moon, which is now official. Officially, NASA is saying we're going to the moon to stay, essentially. We're going to start building a colony there and then use that as the testing ground to go to Mars. So... Even though, historically, it seems to go back and forth with uh, different organizations or different political parties that are running NASA at the time, it seems to flip-flop. It seems we've done a good thing where we've piggybacked on the fact that we, we've developed the SLS. Even if the space launch system uh, becomes too expensive and has to go offline, we still have the commercial crew to develop. And the focus, the focus of everything here, and I think the message that you're going to see in 2019 is push to explore. And you see that with so many different things. You see that with all of pop culture. There's so much space re- references, all the movies that have come out that are that are in space, that are referencing space, that are, that are really good space movies. Y- you see just the same kind of excitement that I would expect you saw back when there was some human flight actually happening with the shuttle. We're returning to that kind of it being in the, I guess, zeitgeist is the, the word I'm looking for, but it's it's in the mind of everybody. You know, to see all those people respond to Mars Insight, a lander that I can be honest because I follow this all the time, wasn't really advertised that much, but people heard there was something, they, they just, they followed it. And that that momentum that we have right now with space and the space industry and it being a space culture, all of this is really important because at the same time, you have not only human spaceflight returning, but you have companies like Rocket Labs and the Electron Rocket that now NASA has decided is a new class of rockets, the venture class of rockets. And what that means is all of these universities and businesses that do scientific research, that need scientific research in orbit or with microgravity, and never mind all the other businesses that could pop up that could use a CubeSat or a microsatellite, there's now a push up at the top from NASA to put a class of rockets to do that because Historically, there hasn't been enough time and and resources. You had to piggyback on a rocket that was already going up there. You had to meet the mission profile that was happening, and that's very difficult. And you could see at least six months before you would even get on a launch, never mind developing that rocket. So you're talking about years and years of money and effort going into a possibility of launching. And now you see with the Electron Rocket and Rocket Labs, a whole 
expansion of what's available. You've got SpaceX that's expanding human spaceflight, return to the moon at a speed that we didn't have before SpaceX existed. There was no plan to go to Mars. There was plans to go uh, mine an asteroid or bring it close enough that we could then send humans, but no strategy to get to that point. That was during President Obama's years. That was the goal was to, to, to really focus on asteroid mining. And that's another thing that's going to expand, this space economy. And that's what I'm really excited to dive into this year, those big topics of what happens if we do get this right? What happens if, if the space flight industry becomes a space economy? What happens if all of the demand of going into space meets with the actual access and, and economical flights, frequent flights to go into space. What happens if those two meet at the same time? This is something that I saw in college that I always dreamed and hoped would happen when I was starting to be an aerospace engineer, learning about this, watching SpaceX develop the early stages of landing a, a rocket where they would have this stiff it was called the grasshopper, and it was just stiff legs that were on a bottom rocket. They would lift it up a little bit and then try and land it back down. To think that we are where we are, not even a decade later, it's insane, and there's now more momentum behind it. Back then, I was one of, you know, unless you were going to school for that or you were a super space nerd, you weren't paying attention to that. People that pay attention to SpaceX launches and landings and all of the new stuff that's going on, people are taking sides. People are, you know, oh, no, I'm, I'm Blue Origin or I'm Virgin Galactic or I'm SpaceX or I'm NASA. All of this combining together with the reality of us actually doing things in space and then having an industry built around the fact of getting people into space, getting more scientific research done in space. And then you've got people like Brian Stoffel and Stoffel Aerospace where startups, people that are, are building rockets in, in Stoffel Aerospace's case, they're building 3D printed rockets. He's doing it in his basement, right? They're 3D printing rockets, lifting it up on a balloon, launching it from there. They're coating the same material, same plastic that I can 3D print, basic 3D printing materials, coating it in a material that withstands the heat of all they need to launch. And then they've got their Hyperion drone that's essentially going to be able to bring your payload, whatever research you're doing, bring it into space, and then it'll literally, potentially, if, if it clears the FAA and they're actually able to do this, it could go to that person's place of business where the research will be you take the whatever was being researched, you put it in the lab immediately afterwards instead of letting the gravity ruin that experiment after you launch something up, they get it from the sea, blah, blah, blah. Quicker access, more economical access to scientific research, all of those things lining up and meeting together, 2019 is only the start of that. So I'm super excited about what's to come in 2019. I know you are, and... All I can say is stay tuned. We're going to have a ton to talk about. And if you have any ideas, please feel free to reach out to me on Facebook, Today in Space Podcast, on Twitter, Today in Space Pod, or at El Greco, E-L-G-R-3-C-O. Then you've also got me over at Today in Space Podcast at gmail.com. Check out todayinspace.net, the website. You can find everything and search it easily. So if you ever need any scientific content on space, it's there. We've got tons of it. And that's one of the original missions. I was an aer aerospace engineer when I was in college, and there's there was very little extra material that you could research. You couldn't Google a lot of this stuff back then. This wasn't like stuff you could just find. That has all come up in the last few years. And part of Today in Space was, all right, well, if 
there isn't content out there, let's put content out there. So I'm going to keep doing that. We're going to keep bringing that to you. And for 2019, all I can say is it's a fantastic future. And all we're going to do is spread love and spread science. We got a lot coming. I'm I'm not going to spoil it. So I hope you have a great year. Enjoy yourselves. And as always, spread love and spread science. See you then.